0: This week's episode of I Was a Teenage Film Snob is not brought to you by Bilson's Cordials. But I really wish they were because they are delicious. Welcome to I Was a Teenage Film Snob. I'm James Chalmers, your friendly neighbourhood film snob. And this week we have a returning guest. Um, the, this is the guest we had the longest break between episodes. He was uh, one of my very first ones back on episode three, oh. Dawn, Dawn of the Dad. We're now at episode 22. Uh, if that uh, title didn't give it away already, please welcome back uh, my dad, Graham Chalmers.
1: Welcome back to the show. Well, I am looking forward to this. I've got to tell you, uh, episode three, goodness me, it, um, it's a lifetime ago. That's mm. done um, p- potentially more than 23 weeks.
0: Yeah, um, I, I did contemplate. I'm like, do I push it out one more week and make it a, a flat 20 episodes between? But that seemed pointless, to be honest. Um, yeah. But we've been going for almost six months now. Um, there have been a couple of gaps in between. But, um, yeah, episode think- three is when you last on. I think that the um, –
1: I've been looking forward to this. I, uh, the task you set uh, is now impossible because, you know, um, when 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 you did the first time, you sit there and you're going, ah, for my five favourite movies, and you're going, well, that's not really true. They're five movies that I really like. Uh, <laughs> because, um, oh. oh, no. <laughs> I'm back. There no, we I, go. I didn't have a heart attack. okay. The the because what's really important about um, selecting movies is that, um, as we were having chatting before, the um, some you go through you go through genres, you go through life, um, and certain things will resonate more than other things. Uh, and then when you go back, and that's one of the things, one, one of the things I, uh, I like about re-watching movies is a bit like Mr. Stoutfire. Uh, I'll never cease not to like that mm. because, because Robin Williams was just brilliant um, and, and the characters that he portrays. But um, it's good when you do this type of discussion because um, this time, even being prepared... I thought to myself, I better do a little bit of work um, <laughs> and uh, and and be on top of it. And the thing is that um, it's not hard to forget certain, not certain aspects, you can forget about a whole lot of stuff, especially when you're in, encroaching on 71. Um, it's a bit hard to believe that I will be 71 in the near future. Um and, and and just what you see of life, um, and what you've seen, not only in movies but you know life, in life itself, and 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 trying to remember. I don't know. I often quite surprise myself that I remember as much as I do. The best part, <laughs> best part is I know where to go home, um, <laughs> and I know how to start the car. Although I did have trouble. The um, I got the old blue beast out the other day and put the battery in uh, after charging it because it was flat after 12 months sitting on the side of the road. Um, and then I had to remember how to use all the, all the dials and I thought to myself, oh, this is going to be risky. Well, and- I can
0: tell you that I'm now getting to an age where technology is starting to elude me. I, um, I've had it at work and I've had it at home. It's one of the reasons why I don't upgrade too many things anymore because now I, I upgraded my phone about a month ago, maybe just over a month ago, and I had to, I said to the guy in the shop, I'm like, "Can you guys set this up for me?" And like, oh, it's guy was really simple. I was like, "No, no, no you're in not- your you're in your twenties. I was like, "And I know I'm not that old, but things is now start like my phone doesn't have a, any buttons on it, and that boggled my mind when it happened. So I'm, I'm well, hitting that age as well.
1: I yeah. Uh, well, the worst thing I'm going through at the moment is that the passwords keep on changing, and I yeah. you know, and I write them down, and then I lost a piece of paper with them, so that was great. But the the thing is that um, I got a new phone uh, and I hadn't had a new phone for quite some time, so I have one of those Van Dangles Supermax Pro 13. Oh, you got the Uh, same one as me. Same as you, yes, indeed. And um, I, I had, in my creative days, put two passwords to open up the phone um, some magical way I've done that. No one understands how I did it and I can't tell them, so that's <laughs> it. But then I had, when, when downloading all my information, um, it wouldn't let me do it because some of them were under a different uh, password. So I had to work it all out. And I think it was about a week and I just sat there one day and again, because uh, I couldn't use my phone. Mm. I really couldn't use my phone. And, um, and then all of a sudden... You know, it was like putting the two, $0.20 cents in, the, in the machine and I just kept on putting more $0.20 cents in the machine until it worked um, and now it works pretty much properly. So, um, and and the, the guy said to me, oh, it's quite simple. I said, how old are you? <laughs> and, and I said, well, I'm nearly 71 and I said, it's not simple. And I said, and it's never going to be simple anymore.
2: This
0: guy, I imagine, probably wasn't born in the 80s, which is exactly what we're here to talk about today, the yes. 1980s. Um, now, unlike most of my guests... back
1: on track, I'll get lost, you know that.
0: Did you like that segue? I did. I, thought
1: that was, <laughs> I could have written that down and go, wow, that was
0: smooth. I've been doing it for a couple of months now, so I'm getting used to my segues. Of course, we've just called it out very publicly, so now yeah. everyone knows exactly what I've done. But that's fine. Um this is why
1: you're getting you back on track.
0: <laughs> Unlike most of my previous guests, um, who were born in the late '80s or later, you actually grew up, or well not grew up, but you lived through the '80s. I um, did. One thing we've been discussing with everyone is, I suppose, not just the cultural significance of the '80s, but any personal significance as well. You know, obviously, me born, being born in the tail end, I associate a lot of my, I guess, my love of film from there because most of the movies I was shown growing up from you and mum to a certain extent came from the 80s a lot of the music I heard was from the 80s but probably more 70s to be fair Um, and of course the probably my biggest love from the 80s was the the video store that's what when the video store kind of was created and by the time I was you know five or six in the 90s that's when we started becoming regular um, attendees there so what did the 80s mean to you so what
1: did we work out
0: how old I was 30 so yeah so we, we said before we started recording that what I'm the decade of movies I'm enjoying now is equal to what you were going through in the eighties where you were in your thirties in the eighties and I'm in my thirties now.
1: Yeah. I would have been a trendsetter in the eighties. I must imagine. <laughs> yeah, I'm Moving a grouper and a shaker and a wobbler. But the, uh, the eighties was one of those decades where I can say that cause I just about, you know, I'm into the seventh decade. Um, you know, you, the first twenty years of your life uh, is all about. It's a, it's like buying a, a piece of equipment, and you, you know, you have to go through that piece of equipment and work it out till you get it to work the way you want it to work. And it's a bit like life. You know, you, you experience a whole lot of stuff, um, and uh, you know, probably, you know, the, the, um, you know, the mid twenties going into the thirties. Was a fairly amazing time, and and the reason why, and like I, I am a um, a comedian freak. I love I love comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I love British comedy more than any other comedy in the world. I Americans agree. Haven't, Americans haven't got comedy except for a couple of people. You know the thing, and you know I've always said this. The you know, one thing I can't stand about comedy these days is unless you can swear. You can't tell a joke. American yeah.
0: comedy for the most part. I do like American comedy, and I will, I will defend a little bit. But it is quite abrasive. Yeah. Um, American comedy is very loud and in your face, whereas British yeah. comedy I find is a bit more nuanced. Um, I think. Yeah,
1: I look. Look, there's a lot of American stuff. I mean, I was watching Matilda the other night, and oh, so and, and you know he's sitting there and going, you know, go, go it's just one of those movies you sit there and, and laugh at and thinking and the characters in there uh, are amazing. And and um, But I think the different thing with the, the Poms is that they really have, um, it doesn't matter what they do. I mean, for as long as I can remember, if you watched anything at my age, if I was, you know, uh, watching anything on telly, um, Kenny Everett and you know all these guys were going in. They were they were on the edge of getting you know. Um, I think the word would have been used in those days, uh, racy,
0: yeah,
1: saucy. Um, and so you probably saw more on TV in those days than you see on TV. Well, not so much these days. But it was um, their humour was always edgy, mm. um, and um, and of a carry on series. Um, is an example of that. Uh, not everything was like that, but um, there were certain, but uh, certain things. So, what I remember of the eighties for me was just the the amount of um, movies that were being made. And as a you know, look, you had your SNL group, which were people who had a common interest and thread in, in the movies that they in. They may not have all been when I say all of them. There was you know, you had your key players, um, but then there was the the others. I mean, if we think about John Belushi and the um, when he walked around the cemetery, um, <laughs> saying good old, goodbye to everyone, and they no, were the only ones that were left. Um, and you know, the, the, it's a bit like Monty Python, you know, that six players in that, that series, you know, going back to the very start with Monty Python, and you had. You know the um, the animated introduction, the flying circus, mm. um, and the flying circus was my first introduction into really not abstract, but that the the show always opened with a whole range of little characters and and little animations, which I used to just sit there and love it. And yeah, and watch because it was one of the features, and no one was doing anything like that. And each member of the cast that was of Monty Python um, brought something special to it. You know, we know how John Cleese brought a lot of special things to it and then, and later on. But it's, you know. Yeah,
0: the brilliance, the brilliance of that show is tapping into the anger of a young John Cleese. Like there's nothing funnier to me to this day than, you know, late late 20s, early 30s, John Cleese, absolutely furious. Like, (laughs) that's, like I think of... uh, and then nothing completely different when he plays Mongo, the chef, and he starts trying to yeah. cut people up with the cleaver. Yeah. Um, or when he's running the self-defense class um, where everyone has to protect themselves from fruit and he's just yelling at people. That, to me, is the pinnacle of hilarity. Um, you mentioned the Pythons and you mentioned um, SNL before, obviously, which have you in John Blisky. Um Where do you sit on something like Second City, which, you know, gave us Rick Moranis and John Candy and a couple of others like that? Were you ever a Second City guy or? Not really. Yeah.
1: Not really. Um, And look, you know, whilst I liked the work they did, it wasn't something, I guess, when when we talk about that, uh, it was probably at a time in my life where I was probably working all the time at night.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) And (laughs) so, you
1: you know, that'll do it every day. Um, But because, you know, like in my younger years, the guys I hung around with, we're all crazy freaks of Monty Python, mm. and you know you 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 know you do little, you know you'd be sitting around the the table and you'll be having a, a crack about, you know what was on TV and and it's just excuse it me those sort of things that were that were special. I go back to the to the English humour and fish like fish called Wanda, you know is another weird an example of John Cleese. Um, at his, at his you know, just in his little. I'm right, I don't I? Yes. Yeah, yeah, John Cleese. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I have, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I, I'm just being quiet because I haven't. I've only seen it once, and I was probably far too young to see when I did. Um, so I haven't gone back to it. But I anyway, know John Cleese. Um...
1: It's worthwhile going back to because you know the the characters in it, um, and being in the, you know, in the back blocks of uh, of England, and in you, you know, you know, it, it, you know, it just. The the thing the fish tank you know and and the guns and all this sort of stuff and I Jamie Lee Curtis
0: her, is in as well isn't
1: she Jamie Lee Curtis exactly she you was know, in a movie I watched last good. night as well what was she
0: uh, in oh I just watched um everything everywhere all at once okay um, which is a film that came out this year um, about an immigrant a Chinese immigrant family um, and a, a middle aged mum who's kind of about to go through a divorce and then she accidentally. Steps and like breaks the universe and starts seeing all of her different lives and all these different universes, yeah. and it becomes it becomes like an action comedy. Um, but Jamie Lee Curtis is in it, and um, uh, the, the, the I can't remember his name now, but the actor who played Short Round in Temple of Doom, um, he plays her husband. Oh, okay. Um, it's really good. It's my probably my favorite film of the year so far. But
1: I think um, she actually. Um... Is probably understated, you know, in particularly if not from a comedy point of view. She's very good, she's good in everything.
0: That I haven't yeah. said, even if I don't like a, a film that she was in, she's always good. She is um, good, she really is. She's still doing Halloween films, you know, she's been in the last two. Um, she, she's come back to make more Halloween movies, so I'm
1: not sure uh, how old you know, I know, she's older than me, you know. She never rang me up. When I she's,
0: she's great in them as well. She's
2: really yeah. good in them.
1: No, she. That's the thing is that um, it doesn't look forced or unnatural. It just, you know, she just jumps into the cast, and that's it. It's mm. it, it's great. But um, it's a bit when we talk about you know um, the different sort of. Uh, I hoped when I when I was uh, picking my my. Um, group of movies to watch I was, not, I was trying to be a little little bit oh, I was gonna say smart hang on my screen, <laughs> my screen screens decided to play havoc on me and I'm there, <laughs> there. thank you very much you know it, it, it's a bit like um, <clears throat> I was looking over uh, which is one thing we'll be talking that we won't be talking about um, but I was looking at – no, we will be because I – did I put down Blues Brothers? I did, didn't I?
0: You did put down Blues Brothers. Yeah. You're the uh, first person to put down Blues Brothers except for me um, for the 80s. I put down in my top five 80s films of all time as well. So
1: When, when I was looking at the – oh, I remember when we talked about this last time uh, as in characters and that there was a guy um, that I mentioned um, and his name was Henry Gibson. Mm-hmm. And Henry Gibson was in Laughing, uh, which was a comedy show, and everyone used to stand on a, you know, looking at a, a door on a big screen and you might have 20 people and they all, you know, interacted. And Henry Gibson was one of these. Um, I didn't know because I actually wanted to talk about him. Um, he he was born in 1935. Okay. And when you see him on screen, he doesn't look that old um and oh um, he plays the Nazi leader that's in, the one yeah yes. yeah 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 um and um and you just sit there and you, you watch this guy
0: he's the one he pla- pl- he's I think he's painting the Iron Eagle or something like that he's the one in the office so whenever they come to like it does <laughs> have to roll out the troops ah oh, okay oh,
1: yeah. yeah going over the bridge. I loved them they stood there the um And and, and Henry Gibson was one of these guys that um, the thing that was amazing about him was that at the 30, when he was born in 1935, so uh, he would be 65 now, 65, 75, 85, uh, 87. Uh, I don't know whether he's still alive.
0: No, he passed away in 2009.
1: There Um, you go. But he was one of the, he was just, um, he was probably good with timing. Um, and a huge, huge face, expression on face, mm. but, but just looked like Mr. Innocence. But what what was more, I, I wanted to get some facts and figures on the Blues Brothers. Because Is that I where think,
0: we're starting? Are we going to start with Blues Brothers? in terms of Yeah, the I think
1: humans? we will. Now that I'm there, we want to start there. Did you even know how many are in the cast?
0: Oh, it's huge. It's huge. It's just, I mean, they they did that credit. They did that credit scene, and like, you got so many cameos from musicians, like blues and soul musicians. Oh, um,
1: you know, it it was something. When I when I I went to have a look at it, and I'm thinking to myself, "Holy hell, Batman!" I like just met <laughs> anyone that was in it. You know, the uh, you had you had the Blues Brothers band, um yeah. Which you know, that in itself was was uh, fairly important, but. And then you had the people who were on Saturday Night Live, Carrie Fisher and, 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 and the thing. But like a person like Twiggy. Yeah. You know, um, the, these were the things that sort of, you know, like the cameo roles that came in. Um, Ashaka Khan, uh, she was a singer. Joe Walsh. Um, I'm assuming it's the same Joe Walsh. I'm pretty sure it was. Mm. But he was a musician. Uh, but down of left field. Um, the uh, you got
0: Aretha Franklin,
1: Ray Charles, John Lee Hooker, um, yeah,
0: oh, so good, John <laughs> Candy, you know,
1: yeah, Ray Charles, uh, Cab Calloway, yes, you know, one of the most uh, you know iconic uh, actors in that show, um, Dan Dan Aykroyd, Kathleen Freeman, yeah, uh, and was um,
0: Charles Napier,
1: and it's Steven Spielberg was in it
0: yeah he plays the guy he plays the guy at the top of the building when they're trying to make the um when they're trying to make the the payment yeah
1: so when you when you see you know like how they ever got that thing made is beyond me because um, with that many people in it, and then on the other side of it, I had to find out how many cars were lost um, well they
0: had the the record I, I think it's been broken since, but at one point they had the record for the most cars destroyed in a car chase in any film. Um,
2: 104.
0: Gee, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, yeah. And I know yeah. later on, and we won't talk too much about the sequel, but I know later on they did try to mimic it, but I don't think they quite hit the numbers at the, oh, of the first
1: one. The second one? Yeah, it was 2000. Yeah. I didn't I, I haven't even wanted to mention it. But look, I think a lot of people wanted to see it because it was, it was like going back and, and seeing John Belushi, But it never lived up to that. The only thing is that I broke my watch. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Uh. Yeah. but you know the whole storyline, and and even when you watch it, I haven't seen it for a little while, and I'll probably try and see it again. Short, you know, soon. But you know, when they come, when uh, uh, John Belushi comes out of out of prison, um, and Dan Aykroyd's just an absolute. Nerd. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Just a nerd with a briefcase and walks around like, you see, you know. It, look, it, it, the sort of things that um, when you talk about movies is that it's not important, but gee, it makes a difference. Well, about- it's, int-
0: it's interesting you say that because I remember because I watched it recently, probably not last year, I don't think, but the year before. So it was after Zoe was born. And it was when I was on weird sleep schedules. Um, I used to be up from 8 p.m. to 3 a.m. watching Zoe yep. while Tina slept, and so I was just going through a huge rewatch phase. I was like, oh, I'm too tired to watch new things. i rewatch old movies. And I rewatched Blues Brothers, and for the first time in a lo- first time ever, it struck me that they are nerds. Like when yeah. I was a kid, when I was a kid, I was like, these guys are cool. But yeah. as an adult, I was like, oh, these guys are kind of jerks. Like I'm, just, like yeah. they're not really like. I guess their mission is, is honourable, but they're not honourable people at all. Like, they're really – like, I'm not surprised everyone's after them. I kind of agree with the police. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was, and, look, it takes you on a journey. Like, you know, uh, did, you, did you pick up the name of the nun that was in charge of the orphanage?
0: Oh, I can't remember. I, I had, I had Stigmata. Is that what it was?
1: Yeah, yeah, Mary Stigmata. So Mary That's
0: genius. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's clever writing. That's that's great.
1: It's the thing that <coughs> excuse me, just um, just trying to break up the atmosphere, particularly in my room. Um I think that was the thing that is writing the script mm. and and being able to drag things in. And it's you know like so, Sister Mary Stigmata, and I'm going well. Mary Magdalene, and here. We go. They're having a crack. But do you know something about this show? Tell me. It's it's been approved by the Vatican.
0: Yes, it's yes. I did know this. This is yeah. a few years ago. The um, the Pope. Correct. um The Pope gave it like a like admitted it to me. Like this is a um, a, a film that like promotes the the Catholic Church. It was like the Catholic Church, you know, is on like would you know. Its message like fits the beliefs of the church like that like that like this is something that should be watched. Brutality. <laughs> yeah, Nazis.
1: <laughs> Slapping little kids down.
0: <laughs> uh, I just think of, now I'm just thinking of John Belushi falling down the stairs.
2: <laughs> I mean,
1: um, hit him over the head. <laughs> I'm in a bad way. Um, Here yeah, you go. The kids, yeah, yeah, be all right if I stop talking. Just knock on my head and see if i 'm all right
0: um, we're talking about cast, but we didn't talk about James Brown, who has what, maybe the one of the most iconic yeah. scenes in that film
1: I think yeah look and that's and everything about James Brown came out in that movie, you mm. know his dance steps I mean he was a very flexible person um, and uh, and he played that role extremely well mm. um, reverend.
0: Cleophas James.
1: Cleophus James. I remember
0: as a child, I did not that was my least favorite song, but as an adult, it's it's really good.
1: <laughs> I think, look, there's things. I mean, you know, uh, Minnie the Moocher, um, oh, so good. You know, and, and but Cap Calloway, when they're doing that big presentation on the stage, mm. you know and he's just walking up and down with his walking stick and he go. And, and and I think, there are so many elements in this movie. You know, we talked about Henry Gibson um, as the Nazi officer, who's just a little bit scary. Mm. Um, uh, and then you think about the, you know, the uh, going through the the tunnels, uh, getting back to the stage. Yeah, you know, and the chases through there. But you know, like Kerry uh, Fisher was very good in this show, this show as well. Yes, yeah, she's you know, great. Yeah, just one of those people who. Um, you know it does they leave little imprints in your head. You can't help it. I mean Aretha Franklin blows it out of the water.
0: That whole know. sequence, you know, yeah. like. And diner. it's not like it's not her most popular song. Like she saves that one for the sequel. Um yeah. she, she comes back she does think in this one, she does respect in the second one.
2: Yeah.
0: Um but that whole number just in the, the little diner. The, yeah. You know, they're just sitting down, eating, reading the paper, and I'll do a yeah. very casual dance move and then return to the chair. Exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. I always think of um, <laughs> the tall one, I won't, I won't do the accent, but the tall one wants dry white toast, nothing on it. And yeah. the, the short one wants four fried chickens and a Coke. And <laughs> Matt Murphy knows exactly who they're talking about straight away.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think, and, and that's it. I mean, some of these things you couldn't do anymore. You know yeah. you know and and look I I I I'm I won't discuss it tonight. But you know, and and sadly um and there's a bit of a backlash, but you know, we often talk about the woke society, but um and you know, I was talking to Sarah yesterday and or the day before and the things you can't say anymore because it's offensive, it's only offensive if you if you use it in the not in the way that it was done for. It's like having, you know. I actually grow- think Blues Brothers is pretty okay. I watched. No, it that's a okay. Of- There's probably one or two things that come up.
0: Because um, I remember, because I watched it, and um, whilst I was surprised that they weren't, the, I was like, oh, they're not really nice guys. I was yeah. like, oh, this actually holds up. <laughs> the one I struggled with was Animal House. That one's got some jokes, and I was like, oh, that's pretty tough to get by today. And they were, it was not about being woke or not woke, but there's just some stuff in was like, oh this is a bit creepy, yeah. a bit gross. But, and
1: that's and that's the thing. But what I what I what I am offended by is that we have to ban all these things. And that's that's to me, when when a, a movie movies are gonna offend you in some shape or form. It doesn't matter what it is, because we don't all have the same tastes.
0: But my thing with movies has always been it's been like this since <coughs> Probably since I was 18, maybe earlier. First of all, I think that Australia has, and this is not like a flex or a brag, I think we have the best rating system for movies in the world. Like, I think, you know, our our GPGMMAR, I think, is perfectly executed. The US is really strange.
1: I've got no
0: Um, idea. But um, I think our rating system is good. And my opinion has been look, it's given a rating, check the rating. Yep. If, if you go in, like, you know what you're getting yourself into. There's a warning yep. there for a reason. It's yep. like when you know, parents complain about children playing violent video games, but they pay for the violent video game. It's like, yep. look at it. Like you know, yep. You're an adult. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I, mean, and this is, I, I remember I was talking to someone recently, and apparently a lot of people were offended or there was some backlash about the new Thor movie. Um, yep. Spoiler warning for anyone who hasn't seen Thor, um, yep. because one of the characters has cancer in it, and people were yep. like, oh. You should have told us that they had cancer before we went into it because, you know, what if someone would know,
1: One of my favorite movies, um, Anne Hathaway is a brilliant actress.
0: Are uh, you know, say Love and Other Drugs?
1: Love and Other Drugs. Still
0: haven't seen it, but I will
1: get to it. Well, I'm very disappointed, Jonas. Goodness gracious, me. Mm. One of the, you know, this is all about, if you want to see something, anyone out there is listening to this, um, you can send me messages. I only charge $50 for a response. Um, And that's the way I pay for my food. I'm only joking. Um, Anne Hathaway is is pretty gorgeous too, let me tell you this. It's very easy to look at her. She's um, a very attractive young lady, but she's also a brilliant actress Um, and she plays the role. I'll spoil it all, won't won't do it. Um, And uh, one of the things about this role uh, that she plays is that the, the drugs that she needs, um, uh, Pfizer, and we okay. all know about Pfizer. Um, we do these days, so
2: yeah.
1: I won't go into it, but it's one of those movies, and I'll go over to you again, James. You have to see it, um, because it's it, it's relevant. It, it's mm. relevant on what what we what we're seeing and and what we deal with, and people who you know. I have my own perception. I'm. I'm going to have to have another injection because um, going back to work, one of the reasons why I was off work for for the last two weeks with this last condition is that it's very contagious. Mm. Um, so if I was to work in the front door of a hospital, um, I could do some serious damage. Um, and, and so you've got to take the drugs and, you know, I think a lot of people, we, you know, a lot of people had heart attacks uh, or got sick for different reasons now. It'd be an unwise person to say it's because of this, this, and this, but it just means you just got to be a bit more cautious and make sure you do your homework Mm. and it's done. But Love and Other Drugs is a movie um, that touches difficult subjects, Um, and and that's what
0: art's about, you know. Like I was, I was what I was talking to about. The Thor movie with a friend of mine because he mentioned that there'd been some backlash, which I was shocked by. Yeah. I was like, but that's that's the point. Like that's why we watch movies. Like, yes, to be entertained, but we get to see sides of humanity that we might not see in day-to-day life. We get to experience different emotions, and we get to, you know, it's most of it, most of the time, is fictional, and that's a good like not the not the cancer is fictional, obviously, mm-hmm. but like we watch these things because they take us to a place we wouldn't necessarily be able to go ourselves. It's an escape, think, but it also just connects us to humanity a bit
1: more. I think the important thing is that what it does do is opens up the opportunity for discussion, mm-hmm. and mm. if it does that, um, then it's achieved one of the things that um, that they would have been thinking about. Um, and and you know, um, we, we were talking earlier about Olivia Newton John. Um and um the cancer center, the wellness center over in Heidelberg um you know the if it wasn't for the the work that she did to get, to get that wellness center open, a lot of people would have just just died mm. um and um and you know as we've discussed before, we're all going to die. Uh, what we're trying to do is just try to extend it as long as possible. So that, you but, know, and
0: that's the cheery message we really want to leave people with today is you're going to die. You're
1: going to die. And I'm, <laughs> so, look, I'm very I'm really good at talking about this So subject. watch
0: Blues Brothers.
1: Watch Blues uh, Brothers. Um, before
0: we close the book on Blues Brothers, because I know you've got four more movies to talk about, yep. I feel we need to talk about the Mr. Fabulous sequence, which is in the restaurant when they're trying to get their trumpeter back and they're throwing chicken nuggets through the air, and John Belushi's harassing the family. It's probably the standout sequence for me. I don't know where you sit, with this for you in the movie, I
1: think. Um, once again, when you know, when we talk about this movie, is there's so much in it? You know, you can watch it three or four times and still not see everything that's mm-hmm. in it. You know, you talk about that is that is it's excellent. You know, if you talk about that that scene where they're all on the street um, and they're going into the music store. Um, so, so, you know I mean?
0: like that's a and, great. And then I just remembered Murph and the Magic Tones. You know, when yeah. they go to get them and they're playing in this like dive bar where there's no audience whatsoever. Um,
1: well, and we 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 have escaped. What about when the, the Blues Brothers are on the road and they go to to the place where they're playing in a cage?
0: Bob's Country Bunker. yeah. that's yep. also great. Like it's <laughs> it's solid.
2: See um, the
1: And that's the thing about this movie. I mean, it was a huge cast. Mm. So they had that much opportunity to use that cast the way they needed to. But from the point of view of uh, the amount of things that they covered in it, that, um, you know, are memorable. The reason, you know, is it a great movie? Yes. Uh, The answer is yes. (laughs) I reckon reckon it's pretty good, you know. Um, And... From those those humble beginnings between Sister Mary Stigmata and her her ruler, um and uh they're gonna try and make her some money. I think how much whatever it was, about five or ten thousand dollars or something because they're gonna close the place down. And um and everything in between, you know, it's just yeah, I I look I I think it's a cult movie.
0: It is, it absolutely is. But what I found is, because I remember, and I talked about this when I did my list a few weeks back, I said that I was the weird kid at school because everyone, yeah. everyone was listening to popular music on the radio, everyone was listening to, everyone was seeing modern movies, and I was yes. watching this worn-out VHS of blues where was be taped off the TV over and over again, listening to the one soundtrack in the car and over again, no one knew what I was talking about. Yeah. And then when I started <laughs> studying film in high school and later in university... That's when I met all the other weirdos who had also been raised on it. And I was like, oh, it is a cult film. And now that film, like, you know, when I was a kid, film wasn't something that people talked about the way they do now. Like, people went to the movies and they just went on with their lives. But now there's such a focus, you know, this is one of millions of podcasts about movies. But, like, now that as, as I get older, I'm like, oh, people have found this movie. People have found Blues Brothers. And it's a very common... Um, it's a very common language if you know where to look. If you like, if you meet the right people, you can talk in the language of blues brothers and people. You yeah, you know what you're saying, um, and that audience is much larger now than it ever was. You know, when I was a kid, um, but yeah, it is a cult film, but it's it is a great film.
1: Like, <laughs> and the 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 sequel never lived up to that. Um, um,
0: I haven't watched the sequel in quite a while. Um, the last time I saw, it, I would have still been a kid, maybe. Maybe late teens. It's been over ten years since I've watched it, so I'm yep. sure it's not great, um, but it does have a really good soundtrack, and that's probably the well, most important it. thing.
1: You know, and um, and they shoot them up pretty good in that that scene in the in the club. Mm. You know, there was hardly a. That's that's what I call that my water feature moment. You know, there's <laughs> enough. Bill- you could have put. A, a tanker of water in that building, and it just were leaked everywhere. Mm. The we and the other things that you know when you when you sit about, um, you know what was a special moment in the movie. The, too many, yeah. Too many. And um, and whilst the, the movie itself will age, um, the movie won't age from where it was when it first started. Mm. You know. Um, and it, it, that's what's amazing about it. And the characters that are in it, yeah, you you know, you go back and you say, Yeah, you know, uh, Dan Aykroyd, um he yeah, just a nerd. <laughs> just just a nerd. And then you go back because when they did the you know the bumblebee or they did the, the sketches on SNL, yeah. you know, um and they 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 had the soup that that little briefcase. With a, with a handcuff. With yeah, a <laughs> handcuff to it. Like it wasn't going anywhere. But um, they're the things that, you know, all movies have parts that you go with it. You know, Love and Other Drugs is one of those where it's just it's just poignant um, and, um, and, and the journey is great. I, I, will, I can watch that, you know, frequently because it's just a story
2: mm.
1: um, and sometimes stories like that are very good for us. Sometimes hard for us. What do you want to
0: talk about now? Well, your choice. So Blues Brothers, um, great one. You're the only as I said, you're the only person who's brought up Blues Brothers aside from me. It was on my 80s yep. as well. And so, um, when I talked about it, like, Tina hasn't seen it. So when I was talking about it, she was just kind of like, you'll have to tell me about it because I haven't seen it. So, I could not sell it anywhere near as well as you just sold it. And because we both speak the language, as I mentioned, it was a yeah. much easier conversation to have. Not the, uh, downplaying Tina's interview skills at all. She was great. She just hasn't seen the movie. Um, yeah, your choice, your list. I, I, the, what I love is I've seen pretty much everything on your list and you've brought some new ones as well, which is I great.
1: Have, and I have, and I did that purposely. I'm going to talk about um, Rain Man.
0: No one has talked about Rain Man yet. This yeah, is the first yeah. time the, the Rain Man's come up. Fantastic film. Tell me the, about Rain Man. Um,
1: there is a female in the cast. Do you know who who she is?
0: Oh, I don't have to talk about. I actually just bought Rain Man like two weeks ago, but I haven't watched it since
1: I was about it's eighteen. She's an Italian actress called Ballerina. Yes, and she's um, she was she's she she's was in Hot Shots. Good. Hot Shots, exactly. She's been in Hot Shots, and it, talk about going, going from the sublime to the ridiculous. Um, there you are. Um, she um, she's getting on in age, um, but she As we um, all are. Yeah, we won't talk about that. Thanks, James. <laughs> the the um, you know some names you never you never never hear of or you never never uh, think about. But um, she, she's quite you know like she does a bit of writing, a bit of directing, and what have you. Um, and you you wonder how they come to choices to 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 put people. I mean. Um, it's not like, I don't you know, she fitted in well. But that cast itself, I mean, this is another one with a huge cast in it, but, you know, it's really the main people. And um, and Dustin Hoffman, Tom Cruise, you know, I, I just recently saw uh, um, uh, Top Gun 2, if that's what they called it. Maverick, um, yeah. I still haven't seen it. Yeah. Um. and <laughs> and I've got to say to you that, Excuse me. <laughs> I'm back. The thing that really amazed me about I think when I watched some of the movies that he's seen, he's actually a very good actor. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, he's definitely you – know, i always, I've always considered him more of a, a movie star, but when he does come to play, like, he's, he's fantastic. I always think yeah. of collateral. Rain Man's another one. Rain Man is a
1: great movie. Yeah, and that's it. The The thing that was – Look, I, the reason why I actually chose this is because there's a person with autism in it, uh, or that's what the story's about. Mm. Um, and just recently, uh, looking on, I'm good with this thing called TikTok. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm yet to do something, but I'll probably be following. By I, uh, I'm,
0: I haven't remember before I said I'm, I'm not very good with technology. TikTok yeah. is not a is not somewhere I've, I've ventured into. I've decided to. I'm done with social media. I'll use the ones I've got, and that'll be about <laughs> it. I think.
1: Well, um, yes, it's one of those things, and now I've forgotten what I was going to say, but I'll come back to that. Well, Rain
0: Man going. has, Dustin Hoffman plays an autistic character, that's what you were saying.
1: Yeah, he, um, I think, oh, autism. Um, the, the the thing is that um, just recently on, on uh, TikTok there's been a, a young girl who's been doing some comedy, uh, mm-hmm. who's got cerebral palsy, Um and there's, all of a sudden there's been a few extra being starting to, to make their move on TikTok um, and gen, genuinely very funny and very good. And, um, and that's not being, um, you know, it's, it's more about people getting opportunity to be who they are uh, and demonstrating that in a way which is respectful. Well, there's a British
0: comedian, you know, you were talking about um, British comedians before, called Rosie Jones. I think she might have cerebral palsy. I cerebral palsy?
1: Mm. I'm not
0: sure. Um, I don't want to assume. Um, no, it, mm. is cerebral, it is cerebral palsy because um, she has a very delayed speech. Um yeah. But she's hilarious. Oh. Um, very, very funny. The,
1: uh, there was a young kid on uh, American, has Got Talent and um, as a, a young boy, probably 14 or 15, hilarious. Mm. So, there is. Go on.
0: So, I was going to so, so, I was, I was bring it back to Rain Man. So, yes, yeah.
1: That's right. Yeah, I'm on my way back. Mm-hmm. So, the, the storyline, I guess, at the end of the day, is about a, you know, a, a brothers who, one who's wealthy and doesn't worry about too many other people, and the other one has um, got autism. And as I spoke to, said earlier to you, is that this is a hard movie to watch.
0: And probably a hard one to make today. Like, we, you were talking about you know, the woke audience before.
2: Um, yep.
0: And there are some people, and it's a very small portions of, of the film watching um, community, who, unless, you know, the, the, the character, unless the actor has the disease that the character has, they feel like they shouldn't be in there. And films have been cancelled because of this. Like film, like the company's like you know what, we just don't want to deal with this. let's we'll cancel yeah. the film, and what happens is then you don't get that light shone on that issue at all. So it's it's happened a few times in the past. Um, very, t- it is a tough film to watch, but really, really good, and is a, would be a tough oh, one to make today.
1: It's only um, tough because it's you know you you're actually can get being confronted things that you probably haven't been aware of or whatever. I had a student who had um, um, was was. Torn with autism, um, mm-hmm. and uh, hard hard in, in a, for me as a, a teacher uh, in the, my area um, is working through how you you can bring people in and not actually scare them, you know, their, out of their wits because of their you know their their conditions. But um, uh, Dustin Hoffman was brilliant,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and. And um, when you sit there and um, you just, I don't know, I think it's a good wake-up show to watch, you know. you—we go like, oh, One of the things I was going to say earlier was that um, one of the things that, you know, we were talking about the rating system mm-hmm. um, and, um, and I think you're pretty right, I think it's pretty good. What, what I don't like is that we don't use the rating system when we have censorship, which says we can't watch that, no mm. rating, we just can't watch it. And the whole idea of censorship, I agree. Or having a rating was you make up your mind.
0: Yeah, that's. I agree. I agree. Look, there have been some films where I remember there, there are a couple of films. And I won't go into the particulars. I won't list them, but they were banned for certain reasons. But I was like, look. I'm never going to watch that movie, but even still, like, yeah. people have been given the choice to watch it. Like if they want to watch it that nasty and horrible, like that's up to them. But like it is, just, it is just a movie at the end of the day. So like if they want to see it, they should be allowed to.
1: Yeah, I just think it's one of those things where, you know, you sit there and, and um, someone who in their own strange mind believes that they've got more capacity to make a decision for people than the people who, you know, either want to or don't want to watch it. Mm. And that's when censorship uh, is said, set. You know, I read back, back when I was about 18, 17 or 18, it was a huge issue in Melbourne, huge mm. issue. Um, and um, and people, uh, some movies you wouldn't see because they'd just say, no, you can't watch it. They, you know, the, the board uh, would sit down and go, we can't watch that. Well, mm. at the end of the day, not your choice. You know? If I if I want to watch it, I'll watch it. If I don't want to watch it, I won't watch it. But I think that, you know, the um they probably let let the rains go in some areas, but you know, there's still that worry. Mm. This one was good. I mean, um the storylines really about um him being in 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 a in a home. Um, mm. and um and there was money owing to him or to be given to him. And I won't go down the storyline too hard, but um, in the end, uh, Tom came down to say, I love his Lamborghini and how you going? And, um, and all of a sudden, over a period of time, it was a difficult, difficult... That's the difficult thing is that, you know, you see how people get treated mm. uh, and how... This is all working out and what we could say, well, they, you know, it all came out in the wash. It's not one of those things that you really want to talk too much about, but it's a movie that you really need to see because I think what it, what it shows us is that, you know, um, regardless, people are very, very quick to judge.
2: Mm. You know,
1: I'm, I'm reasonably outspoken um, and I don't care, you know. I, I don't care about what people think about what I say, Um because everyone has a choice to make, to talk about things the way they see it. Um, and that's what we've got freedom of speech, thank goodness. Um, and, and, and you can say it. You don't want to do anything to be disrespectful or hurtful, but at the same time it doesn't mean you can't say what you think hmm. um, as long as it's not damaging. But at the end of the day, these are, you know, <laughs> the difficulty in this movie was the storylines was, was, was great. Um, and, you know, to see how <sighs> frustration mm-hmm. you've seen it, James.
0: Yeah, a long time ago. Like I, the yeah. last time I watched, I was a teenager. We actually studied it for English. Um, yep. And I was thrilled. I was like, it's, like <laughs> the quality of movies we're watching in school has definitely stepped up. Um, so as I said, I just bought it again. I just bought it recently. I did a huge order. And um, because like, I definitely want that in my collection, I want to go back and see it. I actually don't even know if Tina's seen it. Um, she probably she probably has, um, but yeah. yeah, it's a solid flick. Um, I always think of the the casino scene, obviously one of the most famous scenes, the card counting, and then of course um the Qantas scene, which I was I was telling you before. Um,
1: <laughs> you can say it, James. You
0: say- Yeah, where um yeah, Dustin Hoffman's character doesn't want to fly because planes can crash. And Tom Cruise is like, well, they're safe. Don't worry. But every plane's crashed. There's no bail that hasn't crashed at some point. It's like, no, Qantas. Qantas has never crashed. So Tom Cruise is like, Qantas? You want to fly Qantas? To fly Qantas, we have to go to Melbourne, Australia. You understand? Melbourne, Australia. We're not going on Qantas. And that's when they have to rent the car and drive across country. Um, it's... it's um, uh, yeah, it's solid. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's a very uh, funny
0: yeah. movie as well. Like I know you said it's tough to watch and it's confronting. and it certainly is. But just watching that dynamic and watching the journey that Tom Cruise's character has to go on to kind of learn to accept his brother um, and yes. understand what it's like to have someone close to you undergoing some of this. There is a lot of very natural humor. Like um, Dustin Hoffman's character has never played for laughs, although he can be funny. Um,
1: yeah.
0: And there are moments when he interacts with women and because of his because of the autism, he's not very good socially, so he doesn't really know how to interact. So that kind of played for laughs there. But just that general, it's almost like he's a straight man and Tom Cruise is just reacting to everything. Yes. Um. So there's a lot of awkward humour in there, but it is quite a funny film. And in, again, I haven't watched it a long time, so maybe I'll watch it tomorrow and I'll be like, oh my goodness, this is really offensive. But to the best of my knowledge, it isn't. It's actually just quite a strong portrayal um, and quite funny whilst, you know, addressing some serious subject matter, which is a hard line to walk.
1: A long trip in a car.
0: That's it. Um, nice one. Strong second choice. Um, what, is, uh, what is
2: next
1: on your list? What's next questions? on your list? Um, it's funny, isn't it? You sort of go, ah, growing up. I have to say that I loved uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark.
0: Such a good film. It's come up quite a few times.
1: Uh, but we're podcast. not talking about that one. We're not. Yeah. No, we're not. Raiders of the Lost Ark um, I think was the first one. Yes, uh, it is. And, um, and <sighs> it just it took you out of, out of your, your lounge room and into a whole new world. And, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, you know the school, you know the, the the professor, and his his room, and you know the journeys um, were just amazing. And you know you sit there and, and you're spellbound by it mm-hmm. because there's a little bit of a little bit of magic, and um, we all need a little bit of magic in our life. And um, and the journeys that he went on. Um, the second one was called what, James?
0: Temple of Doom.
1: Temple of Doom. That was the third one.
0: No, that's the second one. Third one's the Last Crusade.
1: I, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you for getting me out of trouble. Anyone's listening to this, I actually didn't do that to make him look good. Yeah. Um, he said no, he was "We're
0: gonna do a bit in the in the <laughs> show where I where I let you look good," and I was like, yeah, all right, no worries."
1: Um, the Temple of Doom. Um, once again, it's one of those. Not a, huge, not a huge cast. I mean, it was a huge cast, but there's only, a few, you know, some key people in it. Um, and, um, and you sit back and um, every time, you know, when they got the next one up, you couldn't wait to go and see it. Now, mm-hmm. this was at a time where going to the movies was good because the theatres used to be pretty much packed or reasonable, not like now, you know a new movie comes out and there's six
0: people in the... Well, uh, we are living post-COVID. Like, when I was going to the cinema regularly before COVID and before I had a child, if I went on a Friday or a Saturday, it was a full house. Um, I think, you know, while we're still getting back to, you know, in defence of the theatre culture right now, um, <coughs> I think, you know, we will we hopefully we'll see that, that go back to normal. When, we, when I went to Spider-Man at Christmas time, um, cinema was full? Yeah. Absolutely.
1: So who, who's, what's the big thing here? We've got a little boy in this one?
0: Short Round, who... Uh, has How a very pro- old a he in that, James? Uh, he was in Goonies around the same time, so he would have been maybe 12 or 14. I'll look it up for you. Yeah. Uh, now, Short Round, unfortunately, is probably the most problematic part of this film because he wasn't treated very well. Um, yeah. The only defence you can make of it is that Will is set in the 30s um, and minorities were not treated very well, but even still... It is a bit problematic, but it's not. But he is great in it. Um, let's have a look. He was born in 1971. The film came out in '84. so He was 13. Yeah, he would have been 12 when they
1: shot it. It, it was really yeah, but you know, like why well, he didn't it, have to say he didn't take a key role. He was actually featured. Um, you know, he was pretty really important to the the storyline, mm-hmm. and um, and it was sort of. You know, um, and you're right, I mean, it, it could be something to do with the, the age uh, that it was made in. Um, but interesting, and because Short Round, I liked it because it sort of resembles me, uh, Short <laughs> Round. Um, I just take that opportunity before someone thinks I can do it. I've done it. Um, this one was a bit of a cult movie too, in the sense that it was talking about black magic and, and all sorts of stuff, um, and um and you sit there and you're going, this, this, this stone was, was important. They have a lot of stones and things that they need to find, don't they?
0: It is, it is my – look, I will say this. Even though it's not my favourite Indiana Jones film, I think Raiders is a perfect movie. Oh, this, this has my favourite villain. I love – I've talked about this a lot on the show in, in the past. Any movie where there's a cult in the middle of it, I'm all about it. And this is a death cult where they steal hearts from people. Yep, I'm yep. All about that.
1: And the choosing <laughs> – the, me choosing this movie and not taking Latin of a rocker, L- lost Ark, Raiders was just was there. You didn't didn't don't really need to do anything. This is this now
0: one, so we've actually had two other people talk about Indiana Jones on the show before today. We've now yeah. covered each film. One person chose Raiders, one person chose Last Crusade, you've chosen Temple of Doom. So the entire yeah. trilogy has been mentioned.
1: So there you go. And the thing is, and you're quite right, it does go it goes left to cedar. Um, and goes into areas where people – it does talk about child slavery and it does talk about human sacrifice and all those lovely things, uh, not the child slavery. Um, what, what is one key feature of these three movies, James?
0: Um, I, I, I know you're leading somewhere, but I'm not sure where you are where trying to take me. Um, George,
1: Luke, George Lucas.
0: Uh, George, well, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg, absolutely, like combined yeah. –
1: Um, And how many times have they combined, James, over the years? They've done four Indiana Jones
0: films together. Neither of them are involved in the new one as far as I know. Number five, I think, is a different director altogether. Um, Yeah. I don't know what else they did together. I know they've done a lot of separate projects. I I don't think they've done anything. I could be wrong, and I'll be wrong, but I don't think they did anything else together aside from these ones.
1: It's interesting, isn't it? You know, they they both bring something. I mean, George Lucas is... um, He's it's a, as I say, a character, um, but he's not in the movie. Um, but he brings something to to, to certain movies that um, it's just him. Mm. You know the um, the Indiana Jones, as I said, you know when you so I always just look at you know. He uh, when he's, he's just sitting in his as a professor in that room, you know, it was all. It felt very and important, you know, and mm. you know him stamping his authority about what how I was going to go. And all of a sudden, he's out there in the dust and the dirt, and you know, under under canvas and all sorts of stuff. Very exciting, it's, it's like a good holiday place.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just keep thinking of um, when they eating the jellied reptiles. I think there's a snake, uh, which Indy isn't too thrilled about eating. One thing about this film that I love, there's a little, um, it's it's kind of a joke, but it's also just kind of a little inside joke, I suppose, Uh, a little (coughs) reference is, there's that whole sequence at the start where um, Harrison Ford's in the white suit with the red flower. And the reason for that, and I don't know how many people know this, is that Steven Spielberg reached out to the broccoli family and was like, hey, I'd love to, direct the next James Bond film. And the Broccoli family were like, oh, no, sorry. Like, we only – we'll only let British directors do um, – I think, I, think, I think it was British directors. For whatever reason, they declined. Like, no, 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 we don't want you to direct this James Bond film. So Spielberg was like, right. Well, in the next Indiana Jones film, he's going to be dressed like James Bond. And so he's where he's just exactly – as like Sean Connery was, I think, in, I want to say Dr. No, but I could be wrong. Um, I just thought that was okay. a fun, fun little joke.
1: But that's something, isn't it? Like you pick you pick up these little little things that um, just add a different dimension to a movie, or you know, the story's got nothing to do with it. It's just mm. a little quirky, just a little thing bit of fun, yeah. A little bit of fun, and that's good that you can actually don't have to do a movie, you know, directly by the the letter of the law. Um, just go out and do it, and if you can have some fun, um, then and then by all means, long as the integrity of the movie's not destroyed, then it's all right. So this one here, you know, this is, um, uh, as, you, as you said, not necessarily the best one of the three, but certainly one that you, you have to see it. Um, They're all good.
0: I, um, I recently made a comment, um, which I, I'm going to retract on a previous episode where I said I don't need the sequels. I said I only need Raiders of the Lost Ark, but now that you're yeah. talking me through it again, it's like I do like it. I do like it, even though it's not my favorite. I do like it, and uh, even *Last Crusade*, which was probably my least favorite of the three, Nick Owen convinced me to go back and rewatch it, and now I'm going to go back and rewatch it. So, even yeah, though I did, I'm going to retract that same about say I don't need the sequels because I do actually want to watch both of them again now. So, I've been convinced.
1: I think this movie uh, actually, when you think this was made uh, back in the '80s, I think it grossed forty-three million dollars. Um, which a lot of movies these days don't make forty three million dollars. Um, the
0: smaller ones don't, but those big ones are hitting. Oh
1: yeah, a, but don't a, talk about the uh, big ones. <laughs> yeah.
0: but that's also forty three million dollars in eighties dollars, which is that's right. Two to three times our, the amount.
1: Yeah, 120, $130 million. Mm-hmm. It's it's all relative. But look, at that time too, when we're talking about movies, this is escapism. Mm-hmm. You know, and when people go to a movie, they. They don't, want to be, they don't want to be enlightened, you know. They don't want to change the world. Not always. Maybe the next day. But this is one, you know, that's what I really liked about it, you know, um, where you just could get out of your, you know, your normal thing going, geez, I wouldn't mind putting that hat on. <laughs> it's a bit sneaky. I would look smooth in that hat. But, um, yeah. So there we are, number three. Excellent. From here,
0: it is up to you. It is your list.
1: So let me think. What am I talking about? I don't know what I'm talking about. I want to just do this. And. (coughs) Ah, yes. Beetlejuice.
0: This movie has come up a lot. I think you're the third or fourth person to mention it, and I'll say this for the third or fourth time. Still haven't seen it. Still haven't seen Beetlejuice. It's the only one on your list I haven't seen.
1: Beetlejuice is something that I probably wouldn't have rushed out to see uh, initially. It, it's a bit like uh, Little Shop of Horrors in some way, you know, mm-hmm. it's sort of, you know, crazy characters and all sorts of things, and, um, but a great cast.
0: Oh, yeah. Michael Keaton, Alec Baldwin, Gina Davis, Winona Ryder.
1: Yeah. And, and I think I fell in love with Rowena, uh, Rowena Winona Ryder. Winona right. yeah. Ryder? <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, I gave her a rating of hot. Um, She's
0: easy to fall in love with. I think, like, I watched – so I haven't seen Beetlejuice, um, but I did see um, Edward Scissorhands when I was a teenager, and, um, and even Mr. Deeds, which you know is a film that I'm a lot of people think about, a t- that came out in two thousand and three, and she's probably in her thirties at that point. But I was like, yeah, like she's just so lovable. Like yeah. she's just very, and I don't mean that in like oh she's hot. Like she's obviously a very attractive woman even today. But I was just like she's just oh, no, so she was easy. Hot. Don't
1: worry about that. She was hot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> very easy, to just like you just. Um, she's very has a very warm <laughs> presence. Yeah. Um, ironically, Beetlejuice might understand. Not the case. She's quite. Closed off and standoffish in this film, but
1: I think that that's and that's what really draws you to her character. You know, it's um, is that she takes a stand mm. uh against her family, um, in the sense that they want to do something and she doesn't want that to happen, and mm. and then she's getting she she can actually see, should I say too much? I don't want to say. If oh, seen- I've,
0: I've had, I had them, t- everyone else tell me what it's about yeah. as well. Like, she can see dead pe- the dead she people can
1: who are in the house. People, yeah. You know, and, and she actually, the, the husband and wife, she actually likes them, you know, um, and, um, and she tries to communicate with them and, they, and she can. And then, of course, the family come involved and there's money involved and they want to use it as a, you know, a way of getting people in and spending money. But the people who own the property don't want to sell it. They don't, don't even though they're dead they don't want it to pass hands. Mm. Um, her role in that is that conduit between the living and the dead um, and then the characters that, that, that are played. It's one of those movies that um, you probably want to watch twice mm-hmm. because it's one of those movies that's got so much in it that you can miss it very quickly. You know, they have in... Upstairs in the the upper of the house, which is locked, like no one else can get in. This she can, um, but the rest of the family can't. And um, and down on a on on a table, they've got the whole um, the whole estate um, in in small form, like as a model.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And it's just amazing when you see it, and then it goes in the different sizes and that. I think it's one of those, it's a, it's a must-see movie um, if you, from the point of view that um, it's, it, it's, it's a bit like uh, in, in, in some, some ways, there's about six or seven different elements to it that mm-hmm. keep on running through the theme of the movie. And it's because of that you've got to see it. It's very well written and it's very well acted. I mean, the quality of the movie actors just shows you how important they felt that show was, how that that movie was, and that's an an amazing cast. Um, Well, it's
0: a a Tim Burton film, and whilst I've, you know, there's no no such thing as bad films, as we say on the show all the time, I'm, I'm very back and forth on Tim Burton. I find that the stuff that he, his original work is often very good. Yeah. It's more when he takes another property and tries to make it and puts it to his own prism. That's where I have a bit of trouble because yeah. I find that a lot of the. So, for example, like Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. You know, like not a terrible film, but also probably a little bit too dark going through yeah. the Tim Burton fr- prism. Um, whereas his original work, like Corpse Bride, um, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, sorry, Nightmare yeah. Before Christmas, even though he didn't direct yeah. it, the ideas came from him. And of course, uh, Middle Juice, I haven't seen. But yeah. I know that's his original work as well, and that's yeah. probably going to lend a lot of credibility to it. Um, whereas even the Batman films, even though I do like them, the the Tim Burton Batman films are obviously created by a guy who doesn't care about Batman. Like yeah. he wants to look at the villains who are all dark and creepy and weird and monsters. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this uh, is
1: where this is where this goes. It's yeah, you know, and um,
0: which I like by the way. I like dark and creepy and monsters. Yeah. Um, it just makes it difficult to make you Batman interesting if you don't care about him. Um, the,
1: and I, and I think like when you're looking at movies and you're going, "Is this one I want to see and I always I said remember what seeing little shop, shop of Horrors um whilst um i it was something that um once again quite gory in 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 real world I mean flowers that swallow up people pretty good stuff um <laughs> this one was just one of those that um the, the, the different characters in there and and the, and, and what was going on and um, it, it's just once again, you if you don't want to see, it, don't go and see it. You know.
0: No, I do. I, look, there's no reason for you to not have seen this film. Like, I have yeah. no excuse. It's no. just it's just <laughs> just slipped me by. But Michael Keaton, who we haven't talked about yet, I don't think that guy is capable of a bad performance. Everything he's in, he's brilliant in. So I'm sure, like it's just a matter of going in and, and, you know, and watching. I'm sure he'll be great in this as well.
1: I think you're right. Look, you know, as I said, <coughs> he's a pretty asshole out, out there. I, oh, here we go. <coughs> he's a bit of a, <coughs> goodness gracious me, you don't mind if I just choke for five minutes and I'll come back. Well, so I there.
0: always have a bottle of water when I do a podcast. <laughs> That's it. I'll talk and fill the airways before you take a drink. There we go.
1: His, his character. Um, is really it's almost like saying only he could do it, yeah, uh, because that's that's the sort of character role it is. Um, and thank you for bringing me back onto the to the the, the movie in that area because I didn't talk about him, but I, I just look at it when I saw her, you know. Um,
0: it's very easy to get distracted by Winona Ryder,
1: oh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's no, I'm not going any further. Gosh, he's gorgeous. No, the um. There's a lot of people like her. There's a lot of people. It's not about being gorgeous and all that. But what she does, um, she creates creates an environment where people want to watch her.
2: Mm. And
1: in that particular role that she does, I mean, she's the conduit between the living and the dead, um, and she takes that role really, really well. You've just got to watch it to see how good she is um, because at the end of the day it's those characters that actually... Make the movie. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes, I Thank do. Thank goodness, because I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> well, how are we going for time?
0: We're going fine. You got, you got one more movie? Um, but, no, you're, you're going fine for time.
1: Cool. The, um, yes, the next one.
0: Last one. We're rounding out the list. It's a bit a strong yeah, list. Good.
1: Thank you. Um, As I said earlier, you know, um, the 80s uh, are symbolic and having unbelievable quality movies, Uh, unbelievable, and you sit Mm -hmm. there and you're thinking, um, what I try to do this time is go left to Mm centre and bring out something that was sort of uh, had something to offer. Now, this one. I had I had everything, all my notes written down, and guess what? Can't find it. So now, <laughs> now I'm going, now I'm going from memory. Goodness gracious me, where do we go there? The um, I uh, I was going to tell you something, and um, did you know how much it cost? The film. This is about. This is going back to John. Bel- about about to uh, the Blues Brothers. The film went over budget. In fact. One scene costs
0: thirty-five million dollars. I'm guessing that was a car crash scene. Like it's got to be road. Like yeah.
1: <laughs> that's John million.
0: Landis. John Landis does big, you know, big bold things. Um, that's kind Do of you reckon they was. got their
1: money back?
0: <laughs> no, I don't reckon. Don't you? I, uh, no, I don't think. That film, it's a cult film. I don't think it would have been a, like a huge box office because I could be wrong, happy to be wrong, but I just don't think it was.
1: Maybe, maybe Google it, James. The um, it's okay. one of those things, it's I can um, look it up for you, absolutely. Because the um, now yeah. <sighs> even though I gotta say, uh, even the, the band, I was the- wrong, James- I
0: was absolutely wrong. How much? Um, so it had a budget of twenty-seven million dollars, approximately, and globally it made one hundred and fifteen million dollars. So it absolutely was a smash hit. It
1: yeah. made
0: almost uh, four. It made over four times its budget.
1: Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? When you sit there and you probably because when you were growing up, the movie was already out. Yeah. And and, um, and it was a huge. It was just huge. It was just, and because John Belushi was such a. Huge character for for those who were following him. Um, uh, Probably 20% of the people would have watched the movie because it was him. Could have been even more. Mm. Uh, But then again, having said that, the the musicians that were in that was just enough to say, I think I should watch that. I think that would be a good idea for me to go and watch that. (laughs) Um, The last movie. Monty Python. The there were a couple of them that. in the 80s. Yes. Yes. They had, they had um, a couple of series, a couple of movies that they made and uh, The Holy Grail.
0: That was, yeah, that one was at the tail end of the 70s. That was my first Monty Python movie, I think.
1: Life um, of Brian.
0: Very popular movie, Life of Brian.
1: Yep. Any more, James?
0: Uh, My personal favourite came out in 1973, I want to say, and that's now something completely different. Um, And then there's one more that came out in the 80s, which I believe is on your list.
1: It's on my list, The Meaning Mm. of Life.
0: That's the one.
1: Yeah. um, This one, this is one that um, even when this came out, um, it was – it was challenging for lots of people, mm-hmm. very challenging because they were talking about things that had never been discussed uh, before um, and, um, and that was challenging for people because um, all of a sudden uh, people were sort of confronted by songs and um, and you sit there and going, oh, is that what I heard them say? <laughs> The, um, the meaning of life wasn't like, if I go back and, and as I, I said before, you know, um, Monty Python was almost like an ensemble um, going back with um, uh, Monty Python and the Flying Circus and the Flying Circus is like that ensemble who got together and did t- shows. Um, and on TV they'd be something that was also, you know, um, Animated as well, and was a, an amazing opening production. Um, and though it's, English humour really did stem from uh, ensembles like the Goonies, they were just groups of people that used to do things which would have come out of university. So the mm-hmm. universities used to have, have, have groups of people who would do, uh, do uh, stand up or whatever however you want to confront it, Um, and was probably responsible for some of the funniest work ever done. Mm. Um, And so the Flying Circus group um, had six main characters um, and Graham Chapman. Um, He he was probably the architect in some way. John Cleese, without a doubt, the funniest person um, in British humor, and maybe I'm overstating it. James, you and I went and saw him live.
0: Certainly did
1: uh, at the um, at the um, art centre. And the one thing that I absolutely loved it for was the fact that he was talking about people being politically correct, and he went on to say, "Well, I been not, I'm not going to be being politically correct here tonight." Mm. And then he went off and and, and went in his tirade. And I think you just you just get to a stage, for people who are professional, this is their job, you just get sick of it all. Um, an interesting bunch of people, Terry Gillum and Eric Idle. Eric Idle, very funny, man.
0: Eric Idle um, was my favourite python growing up. Um, yeah, me too. And then, um, but as I've gotten older, I really, uh, as I mentioned before, I really um, appreciate the frustration and anger of John Cleese um, also, I think Michael Palin is is is. I mean, they're all great. Do you know what I mean? Like well,
1: Michael Palin's more like a, you know, a travel agent. You know, he's <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's probably written more books on on travel. Um, and you know, you got Terry Jones, and Terry Jones is probably lesser than that. It, um, it's it's when they get together, uh, it just brings that sort of thing. I mean, I, I, you know, c- certain characters in in certain certain shows. Sorry, bring out your dead, and they're walking Mm. through the streets with a a cart behind and people are throwing out the dead. I'm not dead yet. (laughs) Just hop on. So (laughs) this one is really having a crack at just about everything that's uh, to do with with the way of life. Mm. And um, they did. I had these notes, James. you reckon it's going to come up to me? But they had the sperm song. That was really good.
0: Yep. Every yeah. sperm is sacred.
1: Every sperm is sacred. And there you go. So this is something, this was a change of tact. I think um, Monty Python used to always get in trouble with the the um, the two gooders of the world. You can't do this and you can't. So that, you know, they had the, the you know, the, um, the crosses on the mound and, um and, and and passing judgment, I think a lot of people who do religious type humour um, will often say to you, I met someone once who was uh, a comedian, and he often used religious humour. And I talked to him. I asked him "Why do you do it?" And he said, "It's there." Mm. And um, he wasn't trying to justify was it uh, uh, what it was because he didn't he didn't he didn't discriminate between what you can't talk about, what you can't talk about. Mm. And as soon as you, you say, no, you can't do that, you know, you're going to offend people. Mm. At the end of the day, um, and who, who whether or I think it's right or wrong, um, at the end of the day, it really is about making sure that uh, you're, not, you're not offending people um, um, or you try to limit it. But once again, I think the church actually didn't mind it because once again, it talked about issues that they weren't going to talk about, hmm. um, and in some ways that made them feel more comfortable. Whether it did or not, I don't know. But <laughs> the, um, have you seen this, James? I have. It's
0: probably the one I've. Saw. I don't know if it's the one i seen the least. Um, obviously, uh, Holy Grail and, and Now for completely different. The ones I've seen the most. They right. free, those two were on frequent rotation. I have seen I don't remember much about it. I remember um, Every Sperm is Sacred. I remember John Cleese giving a, a, uh, a demonstration on how to make love to a woman. Um, I remember there's an, an obese man who explodes in a restaurant. Um, so I, may, I remember bits and pieces of it, but my memory of this one is definitely hazier than the other ones. I
1: think the one with the, the restaurants where he just keeps on eating and eating and eventually explodes. Mm. Um, I remember that because I reckon that was hilarious. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the and I think that that was really um, they they took the I just found here. It says six male fish in a posh restaurant tank swim together casually and saying good morning to each other. Then uh, then see the friend Howard being eaten outside.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's right.
1: Yeah, yeah, you. Know, I think that's what I mean some of these things that you actually forget. The question is explored from the first sketch, the miracle of birth, uh, which features a woman in labour being ignored by the doctors in favour of it, pressing the hospital, a medically clueless administration. Um, and the Catholic Church talking about not doing their job properly, talks about contraception um, and and sex for pleasure. Oh, who would have thought? Um <laughs> And that's why, you know, once again, it's a movie that you should watch. Um, Or if you haven't seen it, if you you haven't seen it, go and watch it because um, it's challenging in the sense that um, I think if it's not challenging, it's not worthwhile watching. Um, Even watching Top Gun can be challenging. Have you ever tried to fly a plane like that? Never.
0: No, it's true. You've you've made an
1: excellent point there. Thank you very much. Out of nowhere. I do like
0: films that challenge me. I don't think all films need to be challenging, but no, I
1: um it's
0: gonna be funny. I was talking about this with someone the other day. I said, like, I I truly believe this is not a line, it's gonna sound like a cheese line. I believe there are no bad films. Every film is someone's favorite film, so if that's the case, how can one film be bad? But the biggest crime a film can commit (laughs) is being boring. Yeah. Um I I don't care if it's not for me, that's fine. Um, but if you're showing me something if you're showing what me what I want, fantastic. If you show me something different, excellent. If you show me something I've never seen before, great. If you challenge me, awesome. All of those things work. Just don't be boring. And if you are going to be boring, you better have a point to it all. Like get somewhere in the end. Like
1: I think the thing with uh, some films is uh, too long to get long to get to the line storyline.
0: Mm.
1: You sit there going, "Oh, where's it going?" Oh. oh my
0: goodness, part of me.
1: This is not one of them. The um, and once again, I think that. um I think when people, you know, and I think the church was pretty quick to get out of this. I you know, um, is that like the Holy Grail? Uh, you know, the Holy Grail. When you talk about, the, you know, the coconuts. Yeah, you know, the, the there's always something that will always stand in your mind. You won't remember everything, but you just see these people walking on their horses, hitting coconut coconuts. Got nothing to do with this movie, but. It's true when you think about it, and you talk about these fish looking at the fish tank, and then they see one of theirs being eaten, and they go, no mm. oh, very good um <laughs> the The way this is written is really looking looking on the outside uh into the world um, mm. and how things you know sometimes in, in our own situation you know you, you sit there and you you know from the outside you're saying. You know what? What are you looking at? What can you see? What is it important? Will it make a difference? You know, and um, and I think um, this. I end up on this one because I think that um, for many people it asked questions that people would never even talk about. Talk about, and, um, and then to think about this is the eighties. This this is when life started to become liberated. Where where you know we were coming out. You know from the the 70s going into the 80s, this is going through the hippie stage, you know, deep into the hippie stage by that, by that time where people were, were challenging things and trying to find out more about what's going on and they just didn't accept things for what they were but really wanted to know more about it. And um, quite often, you know, when I'm sitting back and reflecting on life, I still go back to the, the 70s and 80s in my life and thinking uh, pretty much were the best years of my life. Mm.
2: Um,
1: and uh, and why? Uh, Great movies, great music Um, and you know, as we were talking earlier about Olivia Newton-John, there's one person who has such an impact on the world and you don't necessarily have to have liked her at all, but Mm. some of the music that she she performed was unbelievable the one thing that was really important about her you know, uh, as far as music goes, she had the most pure voice Mm. you know I was listening to her the other day and I'm just thinking um, you could hear every word mm. and that's amazing because sometimes you can't hear any of the words. <laughs> the, um, and I did watch a bit of the tributes going on during the day. As I said, she was only two years older than me and as a young kid growing up, I did see her a couple of times, and but she actually knew who I was and I wasn't going to go up there and say, hey, yeah, here you go. Um, that's not <laughs> my but you know, you sit back and thinking, the um, those there's the, certain qualities, and she does have one of those resounding, you know, resounding qualities of just always looked to be happy. Very, a beautiful woman, you know, especially as a young woman growing up, you know, she was just like the kid next door. Mm. Um, and um, and I digress from where I was, um, <laughs> but that's that was that that was the year. I mean, I. You know you, you you know you're born in an era and then you, you make the most of what what that era is going to be for you that you know your years on this earth need to amount to something and there's going to be things that really stick out as being significant and i came through i reckon the best time for music you know we saw the huge amount of change from not having any hair visible over your collar to having it halfway down your back um and and challenging society, you know, and all the thrills. Um, and in some shape or form, you know, with COVID and all that, a lot of our freedoms have been 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 knocked around a bit. Um, and and you do know when you walk around the streets, and that and the theaters aren't aren't like they used to be. Um, the um, and, and it's going to be a long, long time before it does. But all you got to do is go and get a good movie, sit down, and watch it. And if you have got one that's your favourite, watch it again. Because I tell you, it takes you out of a place where you don't necessarily want to be sometimes Mm. Um, and you can have a good laugh. As I said, I've been been watching watching movies. I've watched more movies just of recent days Um, and I didn't watch any of these shows before I spoke to you. Uh, (laughs) Was was that clearly obvious? Um, The... um, Not really. The um, the thing about these these movies is that once you start talking, and and as we did with uh, with Blues Brothers, um, that was a movie that we used to watch, um, and um, and loved. um, And um, the other set you. I'm I'm keeping you up. Did I ever tell you the story about? No, I won't do that. I did that for those
0: listening who think that like we're being rude to each other it is currently after 10 o'clock at night um the d- recording of this show was delayed by the fact that zoe would not go down to sleep um i've been looking after her by myself this evening so um and i uh, i've just been dealing with a, a an unwell child for the last two weeks so i have a lot less sleep than normal so i am dedicated to getting the content generated, but I am a little bit on the sleepy side. I let a yawn slip before, which I was trying not to do, but no. Dad's I was not aware being rude. of it,
1: but I just ignored it. And I'm going He's to not being rude to me and I'm
0: not being rude to him. We're just just pushing it's, through. It's um, probably a good
1: time to finish, James.
0: Well, you got a great list. I, I love your list. I think it's really strong, even though I haven't seen one of them. Um, you're now the third or fourth person to mention it, so it looks like i got to get my act together and watch it. Yep. Um, you brought two new movies or well, three new movies to the list we've never talked about rain man before we'd never talked about temple of doom before we never talked about meaning of life before so that was really good as well um it's solid and the one thing that really combine, i guess unites all of your films or the i guess a common theme in your films is a they're all very much uh not comedies but there's a very strong i guess humorous arc throughout all of these films and a lot of them are very adventure driven like blues brothers and rain man are obviously road trip films temple of doom whilst not maybe a driving film, but very much a road trip film as well, as much as it's just kind of going from place to place to place. Um, It's a solid list. Uh, I think you should be very happy with it. It's a very good list. Uh, Look,
1: I've got to say I am happy with it. I really am. Um, And I think when you have a chance to sit back and think about things, and, you know, I deliberately went to movies that probably weren't the the favourites because sometimes you overlook something that's actually – Got some gems in it. Mm, and, absolutely. Uh, yeah. The... Uh,
0: that is a good list. I think we've only got one or two guests left, and then we're going to be done with the 80s. Um, Goodness me. And then we're going to be heading into the 90s. Well, we might. Mm. We might go backwards. We might go into classics, um, movies pre-80s. Um, or, you know, we might do some horror for, for Halloween in October. Let's see how Ooh. we go. Uh, uh, before we finish up, we have to do the rapid-fire uh, question round. We do it okay. every single every single week. Um, you weren't given these questions beforehand so you'll just have to think on your feet which is fine Um, you did this last time uh, quite well if I remember correctly Um, so first of all which movie from the 80s to you is the definitive 80s film which film screams 80s Blues Brothers yeah that's one I mean look honestly Blues Brothers might be the answer to most of these questions the way it's designed is you could just use the same question over and over again yeah um which 80s film to you has the best theme song or soundtrack? Oh. Brothers. Yeah, it is. That was my answer too. <laughs> um,
1: you can't have that many musicians in the show and, and ignore it. And, look, there are some great
0: theme songs out there. You know, Ghostbusters, obviously a very good theme song.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, uh, uh, Breakfast Club has, has some great music in it as well. There's some really good soundtracks in 80s movies. 80s is yeah. kind of the birth of the soundtrack. But I agree, Blues Brothers. Um, okay, so which actor or actress for you defines the 80s? Oh, that's
1: a little harder. I'm going
0: out on a limb. Go for it. Let's hear you on a limb.
1: I'm, I'm just going to say for what she did with the character, to make that whole thing come together would have been Rowena, why, why,
0: Renona Ryder. Renata, Renata, why, I, she yeah, had a that, good career in the 80s. I'll take it. Yeah. Um, I, I thought you were going to go Tom Cruise because you mentioned him before. Um, yeah, I know. But Winona Wright is a great call, and no one's given her, her her day in the sun yet. So I'll take. When you
1: when you watch it, and you know what the how the character is is working, you're going to go. I will. Oh, well, no, I'm just going to wait and see what you think because to me, um, I, I reckon that's a, the difference in the movie. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And she's you know she's had a couple of hits in the in the '80s. I'm trying to think. Edward hands was 90s, but what else did she do in the 80s? She's had a few in there. It wasn't just
1: Beetlejuice. No, no, she's got a few up
0: there. Oh, yeah, she was in heaps. Yeah. Um, so many. She was in, um, in Heathers uh, and Beetlejuice. Oh, she's in a couple, a couple of 80s films. But, yeah, no, I'll take it. Absolutely. <laughs> and then she's in Stranger Things, which is a love letter to the 80s. So she's definitely a bit of an 80s uh, face there. I'll take it. Great. Um, All righty, switching gears a little bit we think about uh, all kinds of modes of transport in the 80s is kind of the big, the rise of like the the special car and the spaceship and the time machine. Which is the best 80s
2: vehicle?
1: (laughs) Ah, let me tell you. The movie, there was a series of the movies. Um, and you, you're going to have to help me here, um, and they had the DeLorean.
0: Yes, Back to the Future, the DeLorean. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, that is the most popular answer. I think everyone has said DeLorean. Absolutely. Yeah. Good one. <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, excellent. And then the last question, we're at the end. You've made it. You survived. Last time I asked you, which movie should they never, ever remake? We're changing gears here. Which 1980s film do you think they should make again?
1: That is hard. Um, <coughs> to, to make it, to remake it, it's either to see something in it that was missed in the first one. Mm hmm. Um, rapid-fire question, not such a good answer.
0: No one ever answers rapidly, don't worry. (laughs) Um, Maybe it's just a film that, you know, is great, but audience, you know, young audiences aren't seeing it anymore and you want them to be like, hey, we're going to remake it so the kids will see it. It could be anything like that. Maybe it's not a film that was bad. Maybe it's just a chance to... Reintroduce it, or maybe it was terrible and you want to give another shot.
1: You know, when we think about it, I think Xanadu was
0: interesting. Yeah, who do you cast? So, obviously, Olivia Newton John mentioned, unfortunately, she's just passed away recently, so she wouldn't be in in the remake. Who would you cast uh, in the role of Olivia Newton John for this new version?
1: Well, that's a very good point. Um, and I think it won't be Celine Dion. Um, <laughs> um, I
0: don't know a lot of young pop stars these days. Um, oh, I do have an idea though. I've got oh, I've got one in my head, and I'll, well, I'll run it.
1: There's a couple: Christina Aguilera.
0: Well, she's she she yeah. I mean yeah. Look, I'm not saying no. This is your movie. Yes, she she's could gone, she's older. Yeah. She's she's older now than uh yeah. Olivia newton John was then. So that's fine. You can do a, an older I don't yeah. know the character. The only name thing
1: was. is that what you, you once again, the the, the, the thing about Olivia Newton John was that her singing was almost perfect in the sense that you could hear every word. Mm. Um and you've got a person who's got a huge range. Um so you're gonna to have to, if you're gonna have someone do that, because that Zenadu's the, um, that, that, that song itself is unbelievably high, mm. you know, and so you've got to have someone who's got the, the voice range um, but also a purity about them. And, um, yeah, who do you think?
0: Now, I don't know what she's like as an actor, but she does have a voice and she is quite artsy and I know that it wasn't a space movie, but it was very science fiction fantasy. And she's very like that. I'm thinking like an Ariana Grande.
1: Like maybe Do you know something like... that was through my at my mind. Um, and I'm absolutely dead serious. Yeah. I was trying to work out because um, when she was on Saturday Night Live.
0: Very funny.
1: She's amazing. And she her range is unbelievable. Yeah. So I I agree. All
0: I, right, that's all we're yeah. doing. Hollywood yeah. remakes that with Ariana Grande. That's another film sold. Uh, we've sold a lot of films on this podcast, but we haven't seen any of the money yet. Uh, excellent. That is it. You have made it from start to finish. Uh, you actually answered all the questions. So I think last time you had to skip a couple, you answered all of them this time. Well done. Yeah. Um, so that is going to do it for this week's episode of I Was a Teenage Film. Sub. I want to thank my dad once again for coming back, Graham Chalmers. Um, he'll be back again. Absolutely. Hopefully we won't have to wait 20 episodes next time. We'll bring him in sooner. Um He did a wonderful job. I'm sure you guys will all agree. Um, Thank you for listening. If you want to follow us on Instagram, I was a teenage film snob on Instagram. I post up photos daily of Blu-rays and I talk about reviews and I post the podcast as well. You can listen to the show on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts and Anchor FM. But until then, as I always say, guys, I was a teenage film snob, but I'm trying to be better. I'll see you next week.
1: Thanks very much, James.